afternoon, America, and welcome to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen, and you are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. And today we go back to Oregon. I know, I know, I know what you're thinking. Dean, please, please, we can't take much more of Oregon. I get it, but, you know, Oregon needs to be saved. Oregon, uh, they just need salvation. And they need for us to shine truth on what is happening there. And I think we can we can gain some encouragement from this. And certainly the more we talk about it, the more pressure we're going to put on the people, not the not the rank and file citizens, but this despotic leadership that unfortunately has migrated into Oregon. They just want to take Oregon over. Uh, yesterday, in the last segment, we started talking about the teacher strike in Oregon. 45,000 kids are not in school because the the teachers union is, is demanding more money for the teachers, 20%, and also more prep time. So less, less time teaching in the classroom and more money. More money for less work. Ah, Dean, it's not less work. They're going to be prepping. They need prep time. Well, I guess it, you know, it it really requires a lot of prep when you're when you're planning lessons around that gender unicorn. Gotta have a lot of prep time because you you know you gotta make sure you get the language right. I mean, there's so much, you know, so many new definitions to learn. You have to unlearn definitions of actual words and then learn the new made-up definitions for those words. So all right, I get it. Okay. I mean, there's there's gonna be some some prep time there. So you know, maybe we just do, maybe we just buckle and give them their twenty percent. You know, I mean, they're you know that's what they're demanding. Maybe we just let them happen. I mean, you know, what we learned yesterday. In addition to that, in addition to the teachers' union demanding more money for less work, we learned that since the since the pandemic, since twenty twenty, the Portland, Oregon school district has lost three thousand students. Three thousand students. Where did these students go? Well, that's a great question. Some of them went to charter schools and then <laughs> and then the teachers union started complaining because uh, they were going to lose money. And so they in this article we started yesterday, the teachers union said uh, charter schools cannot do uh, online. We got to close down the online because if we don't, we're going to lose $55 billion from the district if we lose all these kids. And so they got the Department of Education, the teachers union did, got the Department of Education to uh, institute these lockdown plans, these COVID lockdown plans that also apply to online schooling. <laughs> so because of COVID reasons, because of COVID restrictions, the kids could not attend school online at these charter schools that were willing to offer it to them. So the teachers union said we would be better off if the kids didn't learn anything instead of kids going to these charter schools and actually learning something because then the the union and the district is going to lose money because if they don't have a head count, they're not going to get the tax dollars. We're, we're, we're seeing this all add up now, aren't we? We just follow the money trail. 
once you follow the money trail, then you, you know you get to the motive, you get to the heart of it. And in Oregon, the heart of things is not to educate kids. That that's not it at all. No, the heart of things is to is to make money and indoctrinate the kids. That's what we want to do. We want to make sure that the kids come out just you know in the way that we want them to come out. That's that's what we're going for. So uh, we discovered email correspondence yesterday that revealed the teachers union not only developed a set of strict standards for return in person instruction for the Department of Education in Oregon, but also requested that the Department of Education put pressure on Oregon school districts to adopt similar requirements, which would prevent students from returning to the classroom. So they, they did not want kids coming back. The effects of the union-sanctioned school closures continued to weigh down Oregon students. Data from the nation's report card ranks Oregon among the top 10 states in the nation for pandemic learning loss in both reading and in math. And this is the stat that we that we finished off with yesterday. Uh, and, you know, because I, I said, well, of course, you know, no wonder they want to get rid of proficiency requirements. They're in the top 10 in and pandemic learning loss in both reading and math. Well, because they wouldn't let their kids come back. They did not want their kids back in the building. And then when their kids tried to learn online at the charter schools, they shut that down because they didn't want to lose $55 billion. In addition, students experiencing anxiety and depression in the state climbed to 40% from 2016 to 2020. So almost half. And in, that, in the four-year period, almost half of their students uh, experienced an increase in, in anxiety and depression. And then, of course, prior to the pandemic, Oregon students were required to demonstrate basic proficiency skills. They were required to in reading, writing, and math and, and statewide standardized testing. I mean, you know, before the pandemic, yes. I mean, it was part of graduation. Naturally, learning loss caused by school closures led to lower test scores, but instead of focusing on helping the students get back on track academically, the Oregon Board of Education discarded standardized testing altogether. Let's get rid of it. Our kids are so low, we just got to get rid of the standardized testing because then it sees how low they are. Instead of sitting down and saying, what can we do to get our students back on track? What can we do to get our students back on par? How can we how can we start, um, you know, getting these kids back to proficiency? No, uh-uh. We got to stop testing it. I mean, let's hey, let's keep doing what we're doing, and then let's just stop testing them to just you know, so people will stop seeing what a, what what failing miserable wretches we are, and then we'll demand a twenty percent pay raise and less teaching time in the classroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll work. Let's do that. Oh, man. The union played an active role in the passage of legislation that authorized the suspension of graduation requirements. Did you know that? This teacher's union, which is demanding a 20% pay raise and less teaching time, played an active role 
in this legislation that suspended graduation requirements. A member of the union's special education committee boasted that the committee, quote, helped to develop and helped the union pass Senate Bill 744 during the last legislative session. To address several equity concerns surrounding Oregon's graduation requirements. On October 19, the Board of Education voted unanimously to extend those union endorsed suspension requirements through the 27 28 school year. Yeah, and, and we covered this. We we played the clip of the of the chair of that board and how uh, she referred to parents' complaints as um what did she say they were? I mean, she said that they were racist, but oh yeah, she said that they were they that the complaints had no merit because they were bigoted, because the parents were bigots. They were bigots, they were racist, and so therefore, you know, their complaining uh didn't, you know, it didn't mean anything. There's no merit to it. These people complaining, I mean, they're they're bigots. You know, they're complaining that that the proficiency requirements for their graduating seniors are being thrown out the window, but but they're bigots for complaining about that. Mm -hmm. They're racists for complaining about that because this board is saying, ah, these requirements are racist. These requirements harm uh, marginalized students, so therefore they are racist. You know, instead of raising the bar, you know, instead of adopting the philosophy that a rising tide lifts all boats, this board in Oregon has lowered the bar because they don't want people to see how they're failing. Mm. While graduation rates in Oregon have unsurprisingly skyrocketed, the value of high school diploma in the state has plummeted. I don't know that it's unsurprising that the graduation rates in Oregon have skyrocketed. I mean, they're not being tested against anything. Everyone's going to graduate. I mean, it means nothing now to graduate from high school in Oregon because there's there's no proficiency test. So I don't think this is unsurprising at all. Of course, graduation rates are going through the roof. But while graduation rates are going through the roof, the value of the diploma has indeed plummeted because it's worth nothing. It's like inflation. Educational inflation is taking place in Oregon. This is a great economics lesson, kids. When communism takes over, it destroys everything. It inflates everything. The value of money and the value of that diploma. In the 21-22 school year, just 43% of students were proficient in English, while only 30% of students were proficient in math. Well, we're not testing that anymore, so we, we have no idea how many are proficient. But under under half in, in, in English and under two-thirds in math. So the moral of the story is, if your student is graduating from an Oregon public school, chances are they're, they're dumb. Chances are they're stupid. The chances are great they're incompetent. Oh, damn. How dare you refer to students as dumb and stupid and, and, and incompetent? can't believe you're saying that. I mean, then do the numbers lie? Do, do the numbers lie? All right. Maybe not all of them. Okay. Maybe not all of them. There, there's going to be some, some exceptions to the rule. 
But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, if they're not, I mean, in, in the 21-22 school year, they were, apparently there was actually some testing going on. And, you know, under half, 43%, only 43 were proficient in English. Only 30 in math. I mean, you, you can't tell me that number's gone up. I mean, there's no way it's gone up. It's it's going down a bit. I mean, the laws of physics tell us that those numbers are going down. All right. As if a year of school closures wasn't enough, roughly 45,000 students in Oregon's largest school district continue to lose out on instructional time due to the Portland Association of Teachers inaugural strike. This is the first time our teachers have ever gone on strike. And they're, they're wearing that as a, as a badge of honor. Mm. In addition to typical demands, such as increased salaries and smaller class sizes, the union's proposal includes fringe stipulations. Oh, we're not going to get this from the union now, are we? They're not going to tell us about the fringe stipulations. The fringe stipulations have little to do with education, such as district support for first-time house buyers, housing assistance for families, and professional development with a focus on, oh, here comes the focus. Are you ready for this, kids? With a focus on addressing implicit bias, anti-racism, and culturally responsive practices. Oh, man. What is this teachers union all about over there? You know, who's really pushing for this strike? Is it the actual teachers pushing for this strike or is it the union? Because the union realizes that they need to, to have more professional development for the teachers. They need to be able to indoctrinate the teachers a little bit more. We need to indoctrinate the teachers on implicit bias. What's an implicit bias? Huh? Huh? And, and, and what are we teaching the teachers about implicit bias and anti-racism? We need to teach the teachers about anti-racism. Uh, you know, when they say anti-racism, you know they mean racism, right? We're all on the same page there, right? They need to teach the teachers how to be more racist. These teachers here aren't racist enough. We've got to, we've got to teach them to be more racist. They're not dividing the students between black and white enough. We need more division. Why aren't the students here recognizing that the other person across the hall is black? Or that the other person next to them is white and they're despicable because of it. We need to teach these teachers this. Oh, and culturally responsive practices. We need to teach these, these teachers that they need to be teaching these students that they need to respond more to culture. That when culture does something, we need to be reactionary to it. Not critical thinkers, not not asking questions as to why. We just need to react. And our reaction needs to be rooted in anger and bitterness and hatred. Uh, I mean, somebody tell me I'm wrong. Wow. And this is what the union is demanding. The union's demands come with an enormous price tag and would require the district to come up with an additional $372 million over the next three years. 
If the union affiliate refuses to budge, Portland Public Schools may need to fire up to 300 current teachers to balance the district budget. Oh, do it. Do it right now. Right now, fire 300 teachers and then hire individuals that actually care about students. Oh, I just, I, I hope that, I hope there's somebody in the Portland education system, in those school districts in Portland, that has the the umption that has this the mm, that has what it takes to to fire these teachers and to actually hire conservative education loving individuals in there to actually teach those kids can you imagine if the if if the portland school district if the teachers in that district just flipped overnight 300 out and 300 in and they actually hired 300 individuals that, that cared about kids, cared about the country, cared about education, actually started teaching them math and reading and writing instead of implicit bias and anti-racism and, and teaching them how to be culturally responsive. When things in culture don't go your way, here's how you respond, kids. You get angry and you flip tables and you start doing things to get the attention of the, of, of the masses. That's what you got to do. You got to respond. What if we had teachers that actually taught kids how to think critically? Think critically about what's happening in culture. And instead of responding one way or the other, maybe critically think through solutions. Critically think through the rationale of why, uh, you know, Portland, Oregon went down in flames in the summer of love in 2020. Instead of having students just be responsive, let's let's think about it. Oh, this would be glorious. I'm telling you, this would be fantastic. Is there hope? Is there hope in Portland, Oregon? All right, uh, we're up we're up against it. Let's pick it up on the other side of this break. You're listening to the Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body, and now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you 
can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Welcome back to the booth. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. You can find us here Monday through Friday at the 2 p.m. Eastern time slot. And you can listen to us at americaoutloud.news on the world-class media player or download the app. I love the app. You can hear, listen to us live anywhere in the world on the app. Or, of course, you can find us on all the podcast networks and channels. We are happy to have you along and happy to have you on board. So uh, we're, we're talking about the demise of, of the Oregon school system. And we're learning it's really happening at the hands of the teachers union. Why would the teachers union, this, this union that is a, a group of educators, why would their interest and intent be on tanking the education system of their kids that, that they are supposedly supposed to promote? What's the point of this? As student success continues to decline in Oregon, it's clear that the Oregon Education Association, which is the union, has broken its promise to ensure great public education for students. Because, uh, you know, their, their, their bold promise on their website is to provide the basic right of great public education to every student. Unless they know that great public education, it doesn't exist. Hmm? Hmm? I mean, maybe. Uh, in truth, every action that the union has taken regarding school closures and graduation requirements, at least out there in Oregon, has solidified the deterioration of public education on the taxpayer's dime. We're going to destroy education, and taxpayers, you're going to pay for it. Yep, you're going to foot the bill on the way down. Hope you like it. The union's willingness to leave students behind is in stark contrast to its, to its mission statement and begs the question of which promises the union will break next. Yeah, okay, union. Well, I mean, you've given us a lot of promises and you've broken them all. What are you going to break next? I mean, we're waiting with bated breath. Union members, parents, and the Board of Education need to take a closer look at the union's impact on education and act accordingly. Well, talk about being reactionary. Let's let's uh, let's look at the impact that this union is having, and then and then let's let's react. But let's look at the impact with with some critical thought. I mean, uh, let's do some research. This is what needs to be. This is the research that needs to be happening in Oregon. They don't need to be pausing proficiency requirements so they can research what is working and what isn't working. No, uh, they need to take this opportunity, at least in, in, in Portland schools, and research um, if the teachers are actually performing well. These teachers that are demanding more money uh, for less hours and, and including fringe benefits, um, you know, such as district support for first-time homebuyers, 
Uh, why is it the district's responsibility to support a, a teacher who might happen to be a first-time home buyer or housing assistants, you know, for, for families? Really? Uh, or professional development, which focuses on implicit bias, anti-racism, culturally responsive practices. These are what we need to uh, develop our teachers in. No, uh-uh, we're not going to have professional development on actually teaching kids reading, writing, and arithmetic. Yeah, we're not going to have that. I mean, that's a waste of time. No, our teachers don't need development in those areas. They need to learn how to be racist. Uh, and the union is to blame here in Oregon. This union that is striking, at least in in, in Portland, Oregon, uh, they're, to, they're to blame all over the state. Uh, the, the collapse of the education system in Oregon is happening at the hands of those who claim uh, to to be the supporters of it. And it's not just in Oregon, though. I'm also holding another article here. Uh, this one is entitled, Illinois Democrats Kill States Only School Choice Program. Now, before I start this, I need to ask you a question. What does Oregon and what does Illinois have in common? I will wait for you to answer. Uh, you are correct. It is that they are both uh, Democrat-controlled states. Uh-huh. This week, Illinois Democrats allowed the state's only school choice program to expire, to wither on the vine. The Invest in Kids Tax Credit Scholarship Program, that's what it was called, Invest in Kids Tax Scholarship Program will wither on the vine. It'll sunset at the end of the current school year after Illinois legislatures ended the fall legislative session on Thursday. They ended that session without taking action to renew the Investing Kids Tax Credit Scholarship Program. It's got to be renewed. And they knew if they didn't touch it, it would just die. It'll just go away. It'll wither on the vine. And then the Democrats are going to be happy. Because the Democrats cannot have school choice. Because if there's competition for their failing public schools, then their failing public schools are going to wither on the vine. And they're going to lose the educational control that, uh, that that they've got a firm grip on. They can't have that. Now, can they? The $75 million program awarded an income tax credit to taxpayers who donated to scholarship funds that allowed lower-income students to attend private schools. How is that not a benefit? Hmm? Will someone please explain this to me? I mean, the article is going to tell us why it's not a benefit, and it's it's bunk. I can tell you that right now. It's garbage. It's despicable. This uh, this seems like an excellent program. You've got citizens who are donating to a scholarship fund, which would allow lower income students to attend private schools, private schools that are actually working. A $75 million program. But don't you see the teachers unions would understand that $75 million that could be in our pocket. We can't let this go to private schools where they're going to actually educate the kids. 
no, we've got to, we're going to label the private schools as being racist. I mean, I, I bet that's what the article is going to tell us that the private schools are racist, that they're bigots, they're, they're homophobes. Um, and they're not actually teaching the kids. And if they are, they're teaching them religion. Oh boy. About 9,700 Illinois students received scholarships last year. That's a lot of kids. And they're not going to get that scholarship. So you've got 9,000, almost almost 10,000 students that are going to be sucked back into the, the public school indoctrinational educational system. And this is what the teachers unions want. And they want these kids back in, in the public schools because then headcount, more money. They, they don't care about the education. Well, they do. I, I take that back. They do care about the education to the extent that they don't want the kids educated. And that's why they don't want them in private schools. They want them back in public schools where they can be dumbed down. That's a lot of kids. 9,700 Illinois students received scholarships last year. The average family income for scholarship students was $45,000, according to Empower Illinois which is the state's largest scholarship granting organization. The average income is $45,000. Now, I know there's private schools in Illinois where the annual tuition is, you know, 15 grand. Uh, you got a, a family that's earning $45,000. They cannot afford to have a, a third of that go to... Uh, you know, tuition for, for one student, $15,000 for one student. Can they afford that? No. These, these families need this Invest in Kids Tax Credit Scholarship Program. They need it. But the teachers union, they don't want them to have it. Mm, 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 mm. We need to open our eyes. You that vote Democrat, uh, open your eyes to what is happening. Republicans and some Chicago area Democrats had pushed to renew a slimmed down version of the program for five years. Well, congratulations on some Chicago area Democrats for actually standing up for students instead of the, the, the lobbying of the teachers union. Apparently it didn't work. The new version that the Republicans and Chicago area Democrats pushed would have cut the program to 50 million slash the tax credit amount and reduce the donation cap from 1 million to half a million, as well as focus more on low-income students. I mean, those are some deep cuts, and it still didn't pass. The other Democrats in the in the Chicago House still killed it or just let it wither. They didn't bring it to they didn't bring it to the floor. However, the majority of Democrats in the state house never backed the proposal, and Speaker Emanuel Chris Welch, a Democrat, declined to call the bill to the floor. You better believe he did. I'm not going to call that bill to this floor. Are you kidding me? And upset the the lobbying of the teachers union. I can't upset the teachers union. Mm -mm. I you know I just I mean I get too many kickbacks from them. I mean they they donate too much to my campaign. I mean, I'm beholden to them. They're the reason I'm in office. They're the reason I have this cush leadership job. And I can tank 
the state of Illinois single-handedly. Well, I mean, he's not doing it single-handedly. He's got some help. I can tell you that right now. On Monday, a group of Illinois House Democrats called for scrapping the program, arguing. Oh, boy. Listen to their argument. Are you ready? If you are a logical, common-sense-thinking human being, you're going to want to pull over. I don't think you can be driving and listen to this argument. All right, this is what the Democrats said. They argued that school vouchers, quote, perpetuate and deepen the education inequities that plague Illinois. All right, they perpetuate and deepen the education inequities. Will someone please tell me what inequities he's talking about? Is it inequitable that uh, low-income families are able to attend private school? Is that inequitable? Well, of course it's inequitable, Dean. I mean, it's only equitable if they're receiving a wretched, decrepit education at a public school. You know that. Oh, boy. All right. That complaint holds no water that it perpetuates and deepens the education inequities. It's laughable. Uh, And they further complain that many of the private schools are, quote, run by religious groups. Oh, there it is. Oh, I told you. Oh, these private schools that are run by religious groups and openly discriminate on the basis of things like, oh, I told you, like gender identity. Yep. We can't have our kids going to these religious private schools that discriminate against gender identity. Quote, we can't have our students being taught religion and morality and the actual truth about gender. We can't have that. We can't have our kids being taught the truth. That there is where the inequity lies. The inequity lies, and you have some kids in the public school that are being lied to, while other kids in these private religious schools that are actually being taught the truth. That's inequitable. Uh-uh. Everybody has to be lied to. This is this is inequitable. Uh, there's discrimination here. You are discriminating against the students that deserve to be lied to. Discriminating on the basis of things like gender identity. Oh, man. You people in Illinois. I, 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 I'm sorry. I am. I apologize to you, you know, just like the people in Oregon. Uh, But, you know, I live in Michigan and it's a Democrat run. So I'm right there with you. Meanwhile, hundreds of parents and others with signs reading Save My Scholarship rallied at the House during all six days of the fall legislative session. But you know what? Those meatheads inside the legislative session just ignored you. They just ignored you. Dean, how dare you call them meatheads? Okay, I take it back. But they ignored you. They just said, those those buffoons out there with their signs, they actually think they're going to get somewhere. Their signs that say, save my scholarship. We're not saving your scholarship. We're going to watch your scholarship wither on the vine, and we're going to watch the public school dollar coffers just grow and grow and grow while your kids are forced to go back to the indoctrination camps. All right, you you Democrats and you Republicans, you everyday Democrat citizens and Republican citizens in Illinois, how are you going to vote? 
And I know I get it. Illinois is a cheap machine. And, and, and you might be voting correctly all day long and I'm not going where it vote anyway. Vote in mass. Show up in mass. Grab people to volunteer to be poll watchers. Show up, show up, show up. Uh, the Republican House Minority Leader, Tony McCombie, promised to fight to reauthorize the school choice program next year. Quote, I think there are some things that we can do to make it a better program, a more effective program that could serve more students as well, he said. I mean, okay. I mean, go after it. Uh, and we need to support Mr. McCombie in his efforts to go after it. Uh, because if we don't, if we let these these so-called leaders get away with it, and I and I say so-called leaders because they're not they're not leaders. They are um, they're they're people that are hell bent on destroying education. The fact that you would not allow uh, underprivileged students economically, you would not allow them this opportunity to attend a private school and get an absolutely stellar education uh, speaks to your, I mean, I, I want to use the word evil, maybe incompetence. I mean, maybe you don't deserve to be in leadership if this is your decision. Why are you making this decision? Why are you, uh, is it because you're you're beholden to, to the teachers union? Is that it? I can't think of another reason. I mean, of course, you think that you know the the private schools um, perpetuate and deepen the education inequities that plague Illinois, uh, and that they're you know run by religious groups and they openly discriminate against you know things like gender identity. Uh, but in your heart, you've got to know that's a lie. I mean, don't you, you guys that are in the House, you Democrats that are in the in the state house, in your hearts, don't you know it's a lie? Or are you that far gone? Or that you just don't care? All right, we'll pick it up on the other side of this break. You are listening to the Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news. Liberty and justice for all. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's Chief Medical Board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. 
It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Welcome back to The Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio, where we are we're cataloging the demise of public education at the hands of the teachers' unions today. It's unfortunate, really, because you have these groups where their whole purpose is to, is, is to promote and lift up education. That's their, you know, that's their mission. That's their stated mission. That's their goal. That's their intent. But we're seeing that they're doing the, the exact opposite. They're not lifting up education. Their, their schools are performing dismally. And when there's opportunity for kids to go to other schools, the teachers' unions are you know, putting up these blockades uh, because of money. Because their, quote-unquote, districts and their teachers will, will lose money, which is attached to headcount. They don't care about the education. They're not interested in really looking internally and seeing what they can do differently to actually educate their kids. No, they, they like what they're doing. They, they like the indoctrination that they're giving their kids, and they're trying to figure out a way that they can keep forcing that upon them. How can we continue to force this indoctrination on these students? We can have them uh, you know, going to these private schools which are religiously, you know, oriented, uh, run by religious groups and openly discriminate against gender identity. Uh, we, we can't have them, you know, going over there and actually learning something, actually being taught truth. So we got to figure out a way to keep them where they are. Oh, I know. Let's get a hold of the legislators. Let's donate a lot of money to their campaigns. Let's lobby heavy. And let's get them to not vote on this scholarship program. The Investing Kids Tax Credit Scholarship Program. Let's get that thing to wither on the vine. Because if we can do that, mm -mm, mm -mm, we're in business. Dean, you don't know that the teachers unions are, are all about this. You don't know that this. Well, okay. I mean, let's, I guess we'll go back to the article. Uh, the next sentence says, teachers unions were the main opponent of the investing kids program. <gasps> no, they weren't. Why? I, I don't believe that. The president of the Illinois Federation of Teachers celebrated in a statement saying there is a quote nationwide push to divert public dollars from our public schools. And there it is. There it is. The the president of the Illinois Federation of Teachers Unions. Uh, Dan Montgomery, he told on himself, 
this nationwide push to divert public dollars from our public schools, while it's despicable. Uh, it's not about educating the kids with them. It's about the dollars. It's about the money because they need the money. They absolutely, you know, it's their lifeblood. They, they, I'm telling you, they do not care about educating your kids. They care about the dollars. And how dare, you know, families and everyday citizens want to uh, take those public dollars, which are which belong to them, by the way, you know, tax dollars, it, it belongs to the parents. And shouldn't they be able to put it to use where they want? How dare this nationwide push divert public dollars from our public schools? You're taking money from our kids. How dare you take money from our kids? No, uh-uh. We're not taking money from our kids. We are we're, we're taking that money to put it into our kids, to put it into a place where we know our kids are going to be educated. And that is not your indoctrination camps. President Dan Montgomery continues, Illinois lawmakers chose to put our public schools first and end the state program that subsidized private, mostly religious schools, many of which have discriminatory policies. Oh, and this is their this is their mantra. This is the union mantra. These private schools are mostly religious and they discriminate. They discriminate against lies. They are discriminating against the lies that we're trying to teach our kids that they can choose to be whatever gender they want. I mean, that's the truth of it. Everyone knows you can you can choose to be one of 7,000 genders. You're a moron if you don't see that truth. And they just get away with it. And this is why this is why we're not going to allow them to get away with it. This is why we continue to go to Oregon. And this is why apparently we're going to continue to keep coming back to Illinois because we cannot let these leftist progressive Marxists get away with with lying to us and lying to our kids. Uh, Illinois is, um, you know, I, there was a few weeks back. Where is that? I got it here in my pile. Inside the transgender empire, we we talked about this article a few weeks back. This was from uh, one of the imprimus. I think this was the October imprimus. Christopher Rufo, who we like a lot around here, and we 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 talked about this article that he wrote for imprimus. It's actually a speech he gave, uh, and it's called "Inside the Transgender Empire." And inside that article, they tell us something very interesting about Illinois. And I want to revisit it because because maybe you missed that show and maybe you're unaware of this. Uh, I encourage all of you to go to Hillsdale, go to the website hillsdale.edu probably. I don't know. I mean, you can you can duck duck it, um, and you know go to the Imprimus tab and and you know put in your information to receive Imprimus for free. And if you don't want to have it mailed to you, you can go to the website and you can you can read it right there. You can download a copy. Again, this article is called Inside the Transgender Empire. This one section, uh, and it's talking about um, 
how you know it it it, it asks two questions number one you know where did this transgender onslaught come from and how has it proved to be so successful and and he's talking about this whole idea of of transgenderism becoming mainstream and we're just hearing about all these kids that that want to switch their gender over and i and i've said this repeatedly that cindy was having a conversation with someone a few weeks back and this person said has it always been this way and maybe kids just weren't talking about it and have they always felt like they were the the other gender and now they're just you know they just feel more open and safe to discuss the way they feel and he was like no no it hasn't always been this way but they're being they're being indoctrinated they're being taught that it's this way they're they're being taught that if you feel a certain way i mean you might be you know you might be the other gender you might not be little Johnny. I mean, if you're if you're feeling, you know, you might be Jamie. Uh, you might need to use the other pronoun. I know it's grammatically incorrect, but we don't care about grammar around here. We care about your feelings. And you can't trust your parents with this conversation. No, they wouldn't understand. I am a trusted adult. And there are other trusted adults in this safe school who you can talk to. But certainly don't talk to your parents. Your parents are evil. I mean, they're despicable human beings. And they probably hate you. So to, don't 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 have this conversation with them. I mean, that's that's what it's come to. It's come to an indoctrination. You've got these these elementary, middle school, high school kids whose minds are still being developed, and they're being told, they're being lied to about how their feelings are attached to perhaps that God made a mistake and they're actually the wrong gender, and they should probably have some surgery to to fix that. Doctors can fix that, you know. It's, it's easily fixed. So that's where we are in this article. Uh, and he says how the trans movement was hatched on the fringes of American academia, but how did it move so quickly to the center of American public life? Like many other things, it began with a flood of cash. As some of the wealthiest people in the country began devoting enormous sums of money to promote transgenderism. And this is how we get to Illinois. One of these people is Jennifer Pritzker, who was born James Pritzker in 1950. After serving several years in the U.S. Army, James Pritzker went into business, having inherited a sizable part of the Hyatt Hotel fortune. In 2013, he announced a male-to-female gender transition and was celebrated in the press as the first trans billionaire. Oh, the, tra- the press just loved this guy. Oh, yeah. Let's have more of these trans billionaires. Oh, boy. Almost immediately, he began donating untold millions to universities, schools, hospitals, and activist organizations to promote queer theory and trans medical experiments. Not operations or surgeries, mind you, experiments. They are experimenting on our children. This money was allied with political power as Pritzker's cousin, Illinois Democrat Governor J.B. Pritzker, signed legislation in 2019, his first year in office, to inject gender theory into the state education curriculum and to direct state medical funds towards transgender surgeries. 
speaking before an audience of transit. Okay, before I get to Pritzker's quote here, um, we're, we're seeing this align where, you know, J.B. Pritzker is the Illinois governor and his cousin is the first trans billionaire. Do you see now why um, why they don't want this this scholarship program to to continue in Illinois? I mean, it, it can't continue because they need these kids to stay in public education. Otherwise, you know, how are we going to be able to inject gender theory into their minds? I mean, Pritzker in 2019, in his first year in office, you know, one of the, the first things he does is sign this law to inject gender theory into state education curriculum. But not only that, he's now directing state Medicaid funds towards transgender surgeries. Here's what he said. Quote, our state government is firmly on your side, on the side of every gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, and queer person in the state of Illinois. Those of you in this room know better than anyone that marriage equality was never the end game. Remember, you know, a few years back where all they wanted was just marriage equality. Um, you know, marriage was defined as a union uh, between a, a man and a woman. And I'm not even union. It was it was defined. Mar the definition of marriage was between a man and a woman. And the left demanded that that be changed, it, you know, and it, you know, it went to the Supreme Court. And so, you know, now that's the law of the land. But Pritzker is saying that was never the end game. You know, marriage equality was never the end game. We're going to make sure that all transgender Illinoisans are ensured their basic human rights and that health care services are provided so they can thrive. Are you saying that health care is not provided to some people in Illinois, Mr. Pritzker? Is is that what you're saying? That if that if they if they go to the hospital, is there a question that asks them if if they're homosexual and if they say yes, are they denied health care? Is that what you're telling us, Pritzker? Because I promise you that is not happening. There is not a question asked of anyone who goes to the ER. Are you homosexual? Because if you are, I'm sorry, healthcare is not for you. Uh, so, how are they being denied healthcare services, Mr. Pritzker? Oh, 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 wait. You, you, you want Medicaid to pay for their transgender surgeries? Oh, that's what you're. Okay. Oh, all right. You want, you want tax dollars to to pay for the mutilation of children's bodies? Oh, okay. I'm, I'm with you. Well, that's what you're calling healthcare services. Experimental surgeries. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I just want to make sure we're on, the, we're on the same page. Here's an example of how his combination of well-funded activism and political influence works in practice. Pritzker-funded activists at Lurie Children's Hospital, the largest children's hospital in Chicago, provide local schools with training, materials, and personnel who promote gender transitions for children using the hospital's reputation to give their ideology a scientific veneer. And the more one investigates, the worse it gets. Children are exposed, for instance, not only to trans ideology, but to concepts such as kink 
which is unusual tastes in sexual behavior, or BDSM, which is bondage, domination, submission, and masochism, binders to flatten breasts and prosthetic penises, because isn't that what we need? <laughs> Lurie Children's Hospital, through its outreach presentations in Chicago public schools, encourages teachers and school administrators to support gender diversity in their districts, automatically affirm students who announce sexual transitions, and communicate a non-binary understanding of gender to children in the classroom. So we have medical professionals coming in to speak to teachers to uh, convince them, but we are medical professionals and we know what's best. And you teachers need to affirm students who announce sexual transition or communicate a non-binary understanding of gender to children in the classroom. We are the professionals. And they they come in cloaked in an ethos, which is really a, a false credibility. It's manipulative. Uh, it's it's full of deceit and lies, and it's it's driven by the political powers that be in Illinois, and it's it's driven by the teachers' union in Illinois that they don't want to lose their their precious dollars. They would rather see children suffer and see children being lied to than than uh, than receive truth, and then that the, these these teachers unions lose their precious dollars. Can't have it. Uh, uh They need their billions. So you see where we are, my friends. Uh, you see the state of affairs that we're in. We have this organization that is supposed to be lifting up education, and instead they are destroying it. And it was, it was one of the lists. It was on the list of of the the forty five things the Marxists needed to overtake America. That was get a hold of the teachers unions. That was one of them. I think that was number fifteen, maybe seventeen. Get a hold of education. Get into the textbooks. Get the teachers unions. But we're going to keep shining the light of truth on it because we can turn this thing around. We've got to turn it around. All right. That's all the time we have for today, America. Thank you for joining me. Encourage your friends and family to get on the Dean's List because together we can unite to renovate the age.